It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs, online at J- uh, joeskarting.com, fast-paced white uncle racing, just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And we're going to kick off the show uh, full speed. We're heading into uh, an interview with uh, a former co-host of the Front Stretch and somebody who doesn't come on nearly enough and somebody I don't get to see enough anymore. Andrew Kaziski, driving the number 53 Super Late Model. How you doing, man? Good, guys. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Got to talk to you a little bit out at uh, Eagle Raceway for practice day. And I uh, want to get one big thing out of the way. Actually, I suppose that's probably the poor choice, choice of words. But uh, congratulations on a soon-to-be daddy. Yes. One month away. Wow. It's getting real. It is. Yeah, I was walking into the pits and I'm um, walking to the back 40. And I could see the silhouette of Kara. And I was like, well, that's Kara. And then she turned and I was like, Oh, she, <laughs> she, she either forgot how to or- ignore her appetite or she's pregnant. <laughs> we call her big mama now. <laughs> she doesn't have much of a frame to hold that engine. So it's, it's she's got to be a little miserable these days. Yeah, she's, she's a champion though. Well, congratulations, man. Do you guys know boy, girl? Are you no, finding no, out? We're going to just find out. We're just going to find out when it fumbles out. <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a true jets fan <laughs> that's right <laughs> but you guys are gonna spin out and hit the wall or something <laughs> no <laughs> they don't do that in that family They're all right uh so what have you been up to man you like i said i got to talk to you out of eagle for a little bit and uh and you got yourself a new car and uh, i guess things seem to be going pretty good yeah we uh we decided this off season we had to do something different. Last year I had one of my worst years I ever had, and I wouldn't say it was actually like a bad year. I think everybody just got a little bit faster. So uh, we decided to change chassis brands. I mean, it was five years. There's nothing wrong with what I had before. It just was time for something different. So we went and got us a. We bought a used Longhorn chassis, and then we bought a new one. Um, so far this year, I've only raced the used one. I'm gonna race the new one sooner or later. I just I wanted to get a good feel of the used one before I jumped in the new one. And uh, I'm happy I've kept at it because it seems like I've been struggling, but I knew I was close. And then finally this weekend, we picked up a a ninth, a first and a second. So it's, I knew a win would come sooner or later. I actually didn't think it happened this quick, but I'm, I'm happy. We're, we're getting closer. Good, man. Good to hear. That's a solid weekend. It was a great weekend, especially over in Iowa. I mean, a lot of guys don't understand Nebraska racing and Iowa racing is different. Um, Iowa guys get to race. They don't get to race more. They can race more. Um, and I mean, they got a lot of tracks over there where they can go race close to their homes and their, their dirt isn't different. It's just, you got to know how to, how to either use your right foot, get a hold of some traction. It's just a little bit, I would say tougher over there to go from over here, but, I've seen a lot of guys from over here go over there and win. So I shouldn't say it's tougher, but, but it is, you know, and uh, I've never ran good over there and I'm just happy that, that we ran good. I had a fan come up to me. I think it was at Eagle. Maybe it was on Saturday night or I, I honestly can't remember when, but he kind of pulled me in close and he goes, what happened to Andrew Kaziski? 
And I looked at him, I kind of got a little confused and I go, oh, the blue car. And he goes, yeah, what happened? <laughs> I said, well, uh, I know the story. I mean, it's it, it's kind of funny. The fans are a little concerned that you're running a blue paint scheme. Well, my grandpa, the first thing he said to me was, well, you'll be faster now that you finally went to blue. But <laughs> the new car is still red and white, like always. And it is it is the most beautiful car in the shop. I promise you that the blue one is not as beautiful as the red one, but I bought the car and it was blue, all blue. And it's like, I just didn't think red would look good on it. And, you know, it's kind of cool to change it up every once in a while. And I don't think anybody has said anything bad to me about it. Only good. So it's kind of like, damn, was I really, was it really that getting that old for people or was red really that ugly to them? But I don't know. I'm uh, not against it. It's uh, it's different. It looks good. I think blue, I think our scheme, Dre, Dre Hample with Underdog does all my stuff, and I think he did a pretty cool job. So, uh, and Dirk can obviously answer this too, but Andrew, why don't you help me out with it? Your dad was was, was always red with no. white. No. Well, Andrew, <laughs> no, a lot of colors. Oh, he did? He was patriotic. I saw him with white cars, red cars, and the same color blue that his dad ran back in the early days. Okay. Yep. Did Steve always run a yellow car? So, majority of the time, Joe was red, Steve was yellow, Ed was blue. That yeah. was the majority of the time. And, uh, yes, so everybody remembers them three because that's what they were mostly. But, I mean, when Steve ended, he was actually blue and white. Um, Ed had red when he had Dodge. Um, my dad had some white, but, I mean, as long as I can remember, red and white was the colors of my dad. But he did have blue when he first started, and, and he probably had some other colors too. But um, Grandpa's a big blue guy, so so he was really happy to see blue on that car. <laughs> I bet. Uh, and it, I, I can kind of imagine for fans, you know, it's it's cool to see something a little bit different, but just don't stray too far from center. No, I agree 100%. <laughs> Come I, back I to got, Yeah. I get you. Come back to red whenever you can. Just don't don't be away too long. Well, <laughs> so I've always wanted you, you know me and the Jets. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted nope, a can't do Kelly it. Green can't and red it. and white race car. A Kelly Green and white race car <laughs> with a gray frame. And it was like when I got this blue one, I said, could I somehow turn it into green and white? And then I said, no, there's absolutely no way you could turn this into green and white. So I had to just stick with the colors, but one day we'll get some green and white, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. You're going to tempt well, fate. Do the visitor's jersey, white with green too. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 one day it'll happen. I don't know. You're tempting fate there because, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think you're too much of a superstitious guy, but why try? I mean, the only superstition we have is don't eat chicken on race day, and yeah. it's 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 pretty solid about that, but. Red has just always been our color. Red is my favorite color. I don't think there's a better looking color in the world than red. And I, I don't know. I just, I love red and we'll get back when, when the new car comes out. I mean, I think, I don't know people have seen it. It ain't nothing crazy. It's just a regular red and white, just like I've always had, but it just sitting in the garage. It's just like, now that is a pretty race car. What but do you the think fastest, the best looking race car. Dan is sitting in victory lane. I don't care what color it is, if it's brown or purple. <laughs> when it's in victory lane, that's the best-looking car of the night. Yeah. Uh, when do you think you're going to get that new car out? That has been the most asked question I've ever had, I think, <laughs> in my life. 
everybody has asked me, why do you have a brand new race car and you don't race it? Well, first off, we did have to get it built and uh, we did finish that. And then it's like last week we were going to race it. But I told my dad, I said, dad, I said, I am struggling with what I got right now. Not struggling bad, but I mean, I had three elevenths and one fifth. It wasn't what I wanted to just jump in the new car and be like, oh my God, everything's going to be better. Because if it wasn't any better, that's not good. That, that, that really would have killed everybody's confidence in both these cars. Yeah. I said, dad, I'm going to keep pounding this car until I feel we're closer. And I mean, this weekend we were close, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go to Corning Saturday night and not run 11th again. You never know. But, but I've ran 11th before and said, I got a good race car. And I've ran third before and said, my race car stinks tonight. So, you know, as a driver, <laughs> how'd I get here? I get here? <laughs> right. Uh, how far apart are these two cars? Like a couple of years, several years, a lot of updates. Now, um, so the one is a late 21. Uh, you could call it a 22. And then the other one we just picked up in March of this year. So it's, they're both, I mean, when we were at the chassis shop, uh, there's about nothing, no difference. Very, very little bit of difference between the two. Yeah. We're talking with Andrew Krasinski, driving the number 53 super light model, picked up a win earlier this week uh, at Muskokita. Mis- what is it? Makokita. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know where I got the S from. Uh, Makokita Speedway. And uh, yeah, big win for you guys this weekend. Uh, you got a lot of confidence back in the car. Or are you still kind of like, eh? we're kind of on edge still it's so what i wanted it to do it did and i think that's why we're good but there's some guys especially in our west series that are still faster than me i can promise you that so no i don't think we're where we need to be yet but i still have to drive the car and it is a different type of driving race car than what i've had the last five years so can we be closer maybe i I mean i can't wait till Saturday to find out. I don't know if Corning's the best place to decide if we're good or not, but I mean, there's, there's a few guys we race with and they're, I'm telling you, they can race with just about anybody in the country. It's been a strange year for me. Uh, been odd to have Friday nights off. Uh, Sarah's certainly loved it. What's it, what's it been like for the 53 camp, not having a home track to, to run down the road at. So I miss it dearly. I miss it a ton, um, more than I probably thought I would have. But I haven't really it, – it hasn't felt like I'm supposed to go to I-80 yet. I miss it because the beginning of the year, I used to get two practice sessions, and we used to get a two-day show. Mm-hmm. I used to get a lot of laps around the track. And when you're good at a racetrack, you know if you got a good race car or not. Last year, the first race of the year in my old cars, I knew that there was a problem. I knew right away, and I didn't run good. Um, I didn't get to have that this year to, to try to make, I don't care if it's a hundred, 200 laps, whatever we used to do. I used to know that I got my race car really close. So I miss that. I miss, I just, a lot of people, the people that do have racetracks, they understand that it's, it was like another home for our family. When we were done at the end of the night, you're just sitting there and it felt like you were sitting in your living room. I don't even know how to explain it to a lot of people, but now you just go to other places and, you know, I've gotten home at three or four in the morning, every race, but one this year. And it's just this weekend, probably, I hope to God it ain't like that at Corning. I don't think it will be, but you know, we're just traveling further, which I was used to that anyway, but it was nice to get them six or eight races close to home, 
see people you knew, stop at the Cubbies, get home, you know, at a decent time. It was just, uh, I don't know. It just, it kind of stinks. It's gone, but I understand that, that it has to be gone. And, um, I wish we, there was a closer track for us to go to. I mean, Harlan Eagles probably our closest track, but we don't run there, you know? So about the end of the year, yeah, we run there once this year and that's good. And, and Harlan, you know, we run there, I think two or three times. So, um, it is what it is. A lot of guys have raced that have had to drive a long ways their whole career. So I'm just lucky that I got to go to I-80 for, uh, what was it? Almost 20 years of my racing. So, yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of a moment. I think, uh, last week I was uh, going through my closet in my, uh, gray, uh, NASCAR, uh, polo that I always wore on NASCAR nights, uh, was, was sitting there and I, I kind of pulled it out and I set it on my bed and I thought, well, it's probably time to retire this. And, kind of started to get choked up and I put it back in the closet and I was like, I'm not ready yet. It's just, it's, it's so weird. Cause it's just this little spot of land that, you know, for the last eight years, I've had so many memories at and you for even longer with what, I mean, I mean, well, you're probably running around there in diapers. Well, I 80, no, I started when we bought that, when dad and Steve and Ed bought that, the, next year i might have been started racing right then or the year after that i mean we were i was probably 12 or 13 Mm. when they bought it and i started racing when i was 14 so i mean but i mean yes a ton of memories we all grew up there we all met a lot of friends and family i mean Kara, i met there i just there's just so so many so much stuff that goes with it and it's just uh you know i've met a lot of uh older guys that own racetracks or promote them they've done it their whole lives and it's just I, what they say and feel, I know exactly what they felt. I wasn't as dedicated to it as my dad and Steve and Lisa were and them guys, but it was still, you know, it was still our place. You know, some people probably still hate us over the damn racetrack and it is what it is. I could promise to you, we never had, you know, if somebody got sent to the back or something, they probably didn't mean it on purpose, but it's just, you know, them. I'm happy that's done. I'm happy all that BS is gone because so many people hated it. And now I'm sure they're sitting at home going, boy, I wish we could be racing somewhere right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I know watching from a distance, you kind of – it was it had to be frustrating for you because you've got this family that, um, that your dad, your uncles, and your grandpa were just prolific race car drivers. And there seemed to be a little bit of magnetism there where they kind of hesitated to come over and hang out and help you because there would be this perception of favoritism. I wouldn't say favoritism as they had a job to do. That's what I've told a lot of people. We talked about it this week before and crazy. It happened on Saturday. So hold on. I want to tell you a quick story. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to laugh about this one if you get it. And, And everybody I think will get it. That was a true racer. So so Friday night, I'm sitting there telling my father-in-law and my crew guy, Tanner, I said, I just wish that one of these years I could have my dad the whole season go racing with me. A lot of people don't get it. Mm-hmm. He do- All he does is work for that series and that track to where the only times we get to go racing is if it isn't one of our events, okay? He doesn't ever go with me. He doesn't get to stay in the pits. We don't get to talk. He don't get to get mad for me. He's not on my side. He doesn't get to tell me what he thinks the track's doing. I don't get that coach in the corner like a lot of guys get. However, I get to see my coach getting yelled at a lot, which really drives me nuts. You know what I mean? Because he's also my dad, not just my coach. Yeah. But 
Friday night, I drove from 12th up to 6th, and I passed the guy that won the race, but he got me back, and I lost a few spots. The next morning, my mom comes walking in the truck, and she says, I'm just warning you, Dad woke me up at 7 o'clock, and he was racing your car in your dream last night, so get ready. <laughs> my dad comes in, and he says, Andrew, I raced your car for 100 laps around Davenport in my dream last night, and I'm telling you exactly what you did wrong. And on Saturday... He come and told me again, right before the pit meeting, he says, get in the golf cart. I got to talk to you for 30 minutes before this night starts. That's the only time I got to talk to my dad that whole Saturday night wow. was then. And he said, Andrew, you just have to be patient on these tracks when they're slow and slick. Them guys that are really good at it. A guy named Justin Kai, who won Saturday is magical around racetracks like that. Yeah. And he can go so slow and make it look like he's going so fast. And I just, I just wanted to go harder. And then that night, the track wasn't the same, but it was really close, slow and steady around the bottom, and I won that night. But it's just crazy that the, the man woke up. He, he drove my car for 100 laps in his dream <laughs> and then told me the next day exactly what I needed to win, and, and we won that night. Now, that's I mean, awesome. I just think that's the craziest, coolest story. And, I mean, everybody yeah. that was there that gets it thinks that is cooler than hell, and I just don't get that all the time but it's it, it was neat that he that he woke up with a dream that said hey i drove your car for a hundred laps this is what you had to do because he won the race in his dream yeah yeah and, and and you think about it, if the track was still open he'd have been busy working at the racetrack and he'd had 53 yeah. other things on his mind that he wouldn't That's have dreamt about that but just That's having it. that racetrack gone now he's just a little bit more able to help you out Yes, but he's tried to get more. He's tried to do more. You know how he is, Dan. Yeah. You're getting yelled at for something he didn't even know he yelled at you for, probably. <laughs> my favorite for – I'll always take this to my grave, my favorite thing. I'll literally be on the microphone. Just, guys, don't forget, we got some great uh, pull of sausages down in the concession stand. Make sure you get some pull of sausage. He'll come bust the announcer group. Dan, don't forget to mention the pull of sausages. We got to sell yeah. some sausages tonight. And I'm like, Joe, I just did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I've been so busy. I haven't been listening <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh you man, I miss those. Micromanage him, but he just he just wants he just wanted it to be the best it could be. Yeah, it, it, him and, and your sister were the same way. Yes, they micromanaged, but the thing that always irritated me the most was that nine times out of ten they were right. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, let's get on a little bit lighter stuff. Uh, do you have names picked out for the baby? We do. We have a boy and a girl name. That's been done for a while. Um, I'm not going to say because I don't want her getting mad at me if we do, but uh, it's uh, they've been picked out for so long because this has been an ongoing thing. I'm 32 now, you know. I thought, I mean, I'm not as old as you, Dan, but I we kind of thought we would have already had a kid by now, you know. Yeah. So, now you guys have been a little busy with stuff. Yeah, I, could be I, think... I never thought like that. Yeah, honestly, I, I think you guys did it right. There's a lot of people out there that are, you know, there's no need to to rush into it in your 20s. Just you know, I, I'm, I'm saying this in my forties and I'm still not ready to, to be a father. And it just, it's, there's so much stuff to experience in this world now that take your twenties and be a father in your thirties. I think you guys are doing it right. A, a lot of people have told me a lot of different things of advice, the way they do it. Um, and, and then a lot of people have also said, Andrew, you just got to do it your way. And that's yeah. kind of the way we did it. I mean, did we want to have a kid sooner? Sure. But we did get to do a lot of stuff. We never had to, uh, Hey, we can't make it to this. Hey, we can't do that. No, we can't do this. If it was a last second fun 
something they were going to go do tonight, we could always go. We yeah. was just, we, we could do whatever we wanted. We were, it was just us too. So, um, but I'm excited. I'm ready. I mean, there's a lot of times now we don't go drinking anymore. We don't do that kind of stuff as much. It just, I'm ready to just, when I'm sitting at home on the couch watching football or something, uh, I'm ready to, to, I don't know, change a diaper, I guess. I don't know what I'm ready for. <laughs> I well, don't know ready, what I'm ready for. You're ready to have your running back sitting next to you. I'm ready to have Watching my running Jets. back sitting next to me. All right. How excited are you for this next football season with uh, Rodgers moving over to the Jets? I put $100 on a Super Bowl championship already. I did it. <laughs> $1,600 if they win. That's all? I, I think they can do it. Wow. It's only 16 to 1 for the Jets to win the Super Bowl? 100%, sir. Wow. I, I, I just To me, that seems awful low. I would have figured – 30 to 50 to one. No, come on now. It's Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl Jets this year. We're going to do it. Do they have a good team around him or is this just a. They have. A, yes, they do have a good team around him. I don't think Aaron can complain about this team. I think he's got more weapons and they build a better defense and everything. And they're hungrier than Green Bay's been the last couple of years. Uh, they needed to be mutual part ways mutually. I was tired of listening to all the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay stuff. I'm telling you, I was sick of it. And then it was like, well, he might be a Jet. And it was like, well, he might have one year in the tank left. I'm like, you know, the guy <laughs> was really good. So I, I just – I've never got the quarter – since Brett Favre, I mean, Mark Sanchez was no good. I mean, he was okay. But I never had an elite quarterback in New York. And everybody's always said, you guys don't have a quarterback, you'll never be good. And it's like – Okay, so we got that elite quarterback. Yeah. I think we're going to be good now. Yeah. He's got such a pop when he throws that ball that it. I love watching that. Though it just it seems to hum down the field a lot faster than anybody else. Yes, it, it just. I, I always thought he was pretty magical to, to throw a football. He could put a ball in places. I was like, how did he do that? Uh, and it was just <laughs> he was always fun to watch. I never liked the off season stuff. I tell you what. I'm really happy to see if he could still be the guy for at least one more year. Yeah. I wish, for your sake, I wish he'd have done this a few years ago because he almost did uh, two years ago when they drafted Love. You know, I thought he was going, but, you know, is he 40 yet or 39? I think he's 39. I think because he said he wanted to start till he was 40. So that tells Jets fans he's got two years unless he wants to go back to Green Bay, which I don't. I don't think he'll do that till he retires. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if he stays healthy, you got a shot, but at 39, you it's exciting yeah. to be a Jets fan this year. Yeah. I'm glad for you, but you've, you like some other fans have just suffered for so long. I'm glad you got a little something going now. Oh, give one- me a break. I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> give me a freaking break. I sat, I sat at the bar. I think it was, uh, it was, it wasn't the 20, whatever, 2022, 2023 uh, football season. It was the season before. And I watched a Bengals fan break down in tears because I mean, you want to talk about a franchise that has been absolutely trash and they finally made it to the Super Bowl. And he, I mean, he just, it wasn't even the Super Bowl win. He was just crying because his team finally made it to the Super Bowl and they were going to, you know, they were going to have a shot to be a, be champions. And, it's amazing what these sports can do to us emotionally. No, oh, I'm telling you right now, if the Jets make it to the Super Bowl, you're probably going to see me there because I think it's probably going to only happen once in my life. It's obviously 
I mean, 1969 was the last time. So some people's lives, I mean, just think if you were, if you were born in 1970, you're 53 years old now. I mean, it's like, you might only get it once in your life. So I might as well do it now. All right. You know, I got to do it now. Okay. (laughs) You're just, it's been 53 years since the Jets won a Super Bowl. How weird's that? That since they won a Super Bowl. How weird's that? <laughs> I think there is number of times walking around in my life. It is crazy the number of times the number 53, uh, two and 35 show up. And I, I it's probably because it's just because of your family and 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 because I saw that number a lot just around the racetrack and such, but I'll be like passcodes to doors to get into Casey's uh, have a 53 or a 35 in them. And I'm like, that's just so weird that it's that 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 number just keeps popping up. It's just every time we drive to the races, we were kids, every trailer was 53 foot long. And it was like, Oh, there's 53 mom. (laughs) Dad's going to win tonight. You know, it was like, there's 53 mom. Dad's going to win tonight. And we never knew that every single one of them trailers were 53 foot long, but (laughs) Hey, he was going to win well, tonight because it was yep. 53 on that trailer. Yep. I just I just got a new apartment. My garage number that I got is 29. And back in the early 60s, that was my dad's number of his coupe. And then as I grew up, I've known Rick Holling since kindergarten. And his dad's number was 29. And we raced the car together for three years. You know, so yeah. that's right, just crazy funny sometimes. It is really crazy. Uh, all right, Andrew, thanks to those great sponsors that are helping the 53 get up and down the road. Definitely. Uh, certified is still on board. We still sell their transmissions down at Kaziski wow. Auto Parts. Um, please, if you guys need something, come holler at us. Some Broda drivetrain. They don't do. They do manual transmissions, but they do like a lot of transfer cases and carriers. Um, they're really nice people. I'm really happy they stuck with me for another year. Uh, Eric McKee. That's the Connor's fight on the side of my car. His one of his best friends' son. Uh, sons has that. I believe it's called Duchenne. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. The muscular. I think that's disease. right. And Duchenne's uh, disease. Yeah, I think that's right. Duchenne's. So, I mean, I think Eric's really cool about just putting that on there. Um, we'll smoke your barbecue. Go get yourself some neat. Scott is just, I'm so happy that I met that guy. That guy has just been nothing but cool. <laughs> Him and Jackie are just nice people. Not only is it just great food, but I don't care how many, every single person goes in that place. I think I get a text. Yeah. Hey, we was at we'll smoke you and i'm like well, was it good oh man i gotta go back there it was so good every single person says it's good and, and i mean it's just i think that guy's cool i think the place is cool um it's just it's just a plus that it's really good food uh you know i got my buddy xander he's helped me out forever on the car this year um i threw him on the side for everything he does for me um obviously kaziski auto parts and a1 crash cars I couldn't do it without them. They helped me get the new car this year. Um, obviously, they give me a job that pays me good, so I can do all this too, and I can get off and go race. So, um, I don't know. I don't think I'm missing anybody. I John Hample has been helping me out this year, doing a lot of welding. I've been wearing him out welding a lot of stuff for me. So, <laughs> I said, John, I put you on the car. He came up to me, Harlan. He says, "Oh man, what's this gonna cost me?" I said. Yeah, I'm just going to bother you and have you weld some stuff up for me. So, and I think I've been there about eight times already. So, and I got to wow. go there again this week. I, I just, I just reminded myself. So, but no, oh. it's been, uh, I, I got a really good group of people. And Dre and underdog. When I started. Dre, uh, Dre dog. Trying to put the uh, interview together the other day, 
I almost recommended we meet out in Gretna and just do it out there. Yeah, we should have. I would have been there. I'd have been there in a heartbeat because listen to this. I've went out there three times on Sunday. Now, (laughs) wouldn't you, after the first time, not go back? No, 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 no. What about the second time? No, 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 no. The third time I went there, I said, Kara, the place ain't open on Sundays. Yeah. I got an earful (laughs) the first year they sponsored the cornhole tournament at I-80. And that Saturday night, I got on the microphone and I just, I blasted them. I said, you guys got to go down to Gretna on your way home on Sunday. You got to enjoy some great barbecue and just on your way home. Don't forget to stop out at Gretna. We'll smoke, blah, 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 blah. Well, Scott and, and Jackie were there and, and they sent me a text message. And Scott says, we've been friends for how long and you still don't know we're closed on Sunday? <laughs> uh. I did the same thing three times. And I mean, it's not a far drive. It's nice to just a peaceful drive to go out there. She went out there and picked stuff up for me to go. It's just hard with the race and to try to get out there and do that. But it's like Sunday, we got nothing to do. Let's go out there and do it now. Yeah. Uh, But Hey, don't everybody don't go to will smoky barbecue on Sundays. They won't feed you. They definitely won't. And their (laughs) smoker is back up and working too. Yes. Apparently their smoker went down earlier this week. Uh, oh. Scott got it fixed. So it's back up and running. Good. All right. Uh, man, it's been great talking with you. We got to do this more often. Yes. Yes, we do. We got to do something again. I was, I haven't been to none of the Quaker steak and lube stuff. I don't even know if you still do that stuff anymore. I don't oh, yeah. see, I don't do no social media anymore. So I haven't done that since 2020. And I just, I kind of eliminated myself from the world a little bit. And it's actually, it's, peaceful yeah i i envy you i i wish i could disconnect from social media but i have i mean that's just the way i do business it so yeah. it's it's tough so yep understood all right man uh best what do you got you said you're this weekend at adams county speedway and then any other fight any other races not this weekend um the following i think we just run Stewart on sunday over in Stewart, iowa so i get two close ones and then uh the following following weeks i think beatrice and mccool junction so the month of june's pretty light for me but um i got the biggest biggest race of my life coming up at the end of june so i gotta yeah i gotta make sure that care is taken care of there so ACS, <laughs> ACS is uh that's that memorial race for that official from down there right ray hauk yes ray hauk memorial yeah. so yeah he was the promoter yep good deal man great talking to you appreciate the time thank you guys Dirk and I'll be right. Yeah, good luck. Good luck at ACS. Thank you. Dirk and I'll be right back in turn number two. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. 
Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs today for all the great uh, all-you-can-eat wings on Tuesdays, all the classic car cruising on Thursdays, and then uh, all the great foods, sights, and sounds on uh, seven days a week, really. Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs, best wing joint in town uh, Sarah is currently a huge fan of the Parmesan garlic wings. I'm still a pretty big fan of the Arizona ranch wings. They've got a brand new spring menu. Make sure you run over there today and check out all the great foods. Uh, joining us on the show now, uh, Dirk, I think this has been a long time since we've had a two interview show. Uh, and I think we might actually go into three full turns. So we'll see what happens, but, um, Chris Krug of My Race Pass and uh, Knoxville Raceway joining us on the front stretch now. Uh, Chris, it's been a long time since we've had you on the show. Yeah, it's been a little while, man. Uh, good to have you back on back on here, though, and uh, excited to have the race season back in full swing. I'm trying to remember what we had you on last for, and I would. Um, I, it was probably back, honestly. Um, it was probably back. 2015 ish, 16 ish. Yeah. Um, it was, it was pre me big timing, uh, uh, Tony Baco. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I still, I still, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> uh, for those fans that, uh, Tony Baco took time out of his day to, to do an interview with us. Um, not once, uh, not twice, uh, but three times. And I forgot about it all three times. Yeah. That was, um, uh... Not the smartest move to do. That's, yeah, yep. I remember that. Yep. Anyways, we're <laughs> moving on. We're past that. Uh, all right. Y- you've decided to, uh, for some reason, quit the cushiest job in all of announcing. Well, not really quit. Um, it just—it was time, you know. Um, I, I had known for about two years that I, I personally wanted to do this. I didn't say anything to anybody though. Um, that I knew that you know, ten years. Um, if I was welcome back that long, uh, that I would make that my my final year, my tenth and final. I figured a decade in the booth um, was it was a great way. Um, you know, if if I had lived in the Knoxville area or Des Moines area, um, I'd probably still be there. Uh, you know, I'd probably still um make a long term out of this thing, a longer deal out of this. Um, but the you know, as you can imagine, that the drive uh, from uh, the Lincoln and Omaha area out to Knoxville. Uh, it, it can kind of uh, get to you a little bit, um, and uh, you, you kind of you have other things in life that need to kind of um, you need to focus on. And I kind of got that point uh, now. Um, kind of focusing full time on my job as my race pass and, and doing some things uh, in the summertime for them moving forward. Um, some personal things in my in my life that uh, I'm really focused on moving forward as well too. But I'm still going to be a, a, a tender attendee at, at Knoxville Raceway though uh, moving forward. I'll be out there once or twice a year before nationals. And then I'll be there every year for nationals with uh, my race pass. Um, so you know, they're not going to get rid of me entirely, uh, but uh, on a full-time basis, um, you know, next year uh, opening night, uh, whether it's on opening night or if it's rained out in uh, three weeks later on opening night, um, I won't be there. Uh, I'll be, I'll be sitting at home um, for sure just to relax for that night and kind of 
um, kind of take it in and just be a fan for a while. And, you know, I've always thought that it's probably going to hit me at that point in time. You know, it's always, Dan, it's always easy to say, yeah, it's time to hang it up and be done. And then you're all, you feel like you're confident about it. And then when it actually comes time to actually put that mic back on and, and get ready to go on race day, and then you don't, that's when it kind of hits you. So we'll see how that goes for me. But, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a new it time to, to step aside and uh, let the fans hear another voice there. And, um, you know, I'm excited for the future of the racetrack and uh, who they bring in next year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to explain the, the uh, grind. I don't think it's as bad as being a driver, but you know, for me getting to Eagle, I am usually there at three o'clock on a Saturday and, and we're there till midnight, mm-hmm. uh, done racing about nine 45. And then I usually go to the pits and talk with some friends and do all of our stuff. And you know, it, it just turns into a long day and then it's every Saturday. I, I honestly like, I mean, I quit working at Crawford County Speedway because I didn't like the hour and 15 minute drive. Yeah. You're, and, you're only halfway to where I go. Exactly. <laughs> And, you know, I, I kind of realized one night that I was like, I'm, if I continue to work at Crawford County Speedway, I'm going to end up dead in one of these ditches because I have terrible falling asleep behind the wheel syndrome, if that's anything official. Well, and for me, that, that happens once in a while. Um, obviously, you know, I've made some friends over the years now to where I, I, if it gets too late, like last week, for instance, uh, we ran pretty late. So we had a high uh, 360 count, we had 42 360s, 30 some 410s, and 16. Um, 16 uh, pro sprints and so nearly 100 cars and with that many cars you, you imagine you run pretty late we had done just shy of midnight and um, I, I called I texted Jamie Ball the uh, five the five uh, or four W driver uh, down in the in the pits and say you had a vacancy tonight at the shop so yep absolutely so uh, that was I was good to go and crash there but those drives back are, are the tough ones um, driving out there it's kind of nice you know I mentioned before that uh, when I drive out there um, I leave about about 11 o'clock in the morning most uh, most Saturdays. And uh, some Saturdays I don't turn on the radio at all. I just kind of recap my my week and what I did, and, and kind of make some mental notes and sometimes some voice recordings of what I need to do uh, moving into next week. Um, it's kind of a nice, relaxful, peaceful time to just drive out there um, and, and kind of just you know think for a while and have some some free space with no noise. But the drive back, the radio's blasted. I have a monster in me, and I am uh, focused on the road, and I am just trying to get home because there there are some nights I'll roll in at three o'clock in the morning, uh, hit the bed at my, uh, my parents' uh, guest room, um, and I'll drive home the rest of the way on Sunday at the Lincoln. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a definitely a different trip out there than it is on the way back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had one time I drove back uh, this year from uh, US 30, and I had a great time out at US 30. My only complaint with that racetrack is that it's an hour and 45 minutes away. And, again, I'm not even scratching the surface what you have to drive for – uh, right. for, for Knoxville, but it's just like you, you hit that road, man, you hit that interstate and every white line looks the same. And all of a sudden you have one or two moments where you, Oh God, I, my eyes have been asleep yes. for a couple of seconds and, and <laughs> you, it, 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 it gets very real. Yeah, it does. And then there are some nights where I'll pull over, uh, at the, uh, the windmill, uh, blade rest stop and people that drive the Knoxville or drive out of I-80, uh, east of Des Moines, they'll know what that is. It's about the halfway point, about 79 miles outside of uh, uh, Omaha, eastbound. And uh, I'll pull over there sometimes, take a quick power nap for about 20 minutes, and then start the car back up and head the rest of the way home. Um, no, no wrong, nothing wrong with that. But uh, most nights I'm okay to get home. But you know, it, it's been a challenge sometimes. So, are you looking to pick up more announcing gigs just somewhere closer to home, or are you focusing more on my race pass and personal life stuff? 
Um, yeah, so not so much picking up more gigs, kind of just stepping back to the mic um, as a full-time thing altogether. Um, I might, I told Tony, uh, you know, when I let him know during uh, Late Model Nationals, before anyone else, I let John McCoy and, and Tony both know the same day on Late Model Nationals last year that yeah. I was uh, stepping down after this season, um, that uh, I told Tony, hey, if you're gone for an NASCAR race and you guys need someone to fill in, let me know two weeks ahead of time or so, or let me know when your schedule comes out. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to fill in for you, I'd be happy to fill in once or twice a year. No big deal. Um, so that, that might still be that once in a while. Um, but um, as far as that goes, I, I might pick up a gig once or twice. But I think for at least this next year, um, just take some time off and, and get back on the, the Saturday, Sundays, um, and kind of have those days to relax. Uh, the, the, the job at my race pass can be, um, you know, it can be stressful at times, um, and it can be, uh, very challenging. And sometimes you need those two days off to just kind of put everything behind you um, and and uh, get, get ready for the next week there. So um, I, I do have some new hobbies I've, I've picked up here um, that I intend to not make a full-time job out of, but I do intend to make some money off of. Um, one of those being uh, laser engraving and wood burning. And I, I do intend to tie racing into that. And I'm really excited to show the fans um, what I have in store for them um, to give you a hint. I have five buckets of I-80 Speedway dirt, and I have some ideas for that. So I'm really excited for that. Um, that dirt is not only from I-80 Speedway, but it is from the front, from the finish line of Saturday night, the Silver Dollar Nationals. Hmm. So it's uh, specifically that night. Now, it's going to be hard for anyone to, under, to know that without me, you know, trust me, that's what it's from. That's what it's from. Uh, but uh, that's uh, I have some ideas for that. Um, and I, I got some cool uh, uh, mock-ups I want to do here. So, but um yeah, probably just step away from the mic altogether next year on a full-time basis. Um, might come out and bug you guys on a Saturday night once in a while at Eagle um, just, just to be a fan, hang out in the booth uh, and have a beer and, and uh, just relax and, and not have to be there at 2 o'clock. I can show yeah. up at feature time, you know, if I want. I can show up at, uh, you know, midway through the features and all that. So um, just uh, going to step back for a little bit next year and kind of regroup and see where I want to go uh, and what I want to do for that. Well, talking about the My Race Pass gig, you had, I think you first talked to me about this last year. And pretty uh, on par with me, I, I got sidetracked and distracted and forgot all about it. And then uh, you free approached me about doing yeah. a My Race Pass Fantasy League for the Malvern Bank uh, Super Late Model Series sponsored by uh, uh, the West Series specifically. Yeah. Uh, talk a little more about this and, uh, and and what we got going on here. Yeah, so this one's um, it's a little bit different than that. So last year we talked about doing the, uh, the Fantasy League um, under the actual Melbourne Bank um uh banner under their network itself and you were going to sponsor that this year we actually had the front stretch's own fantasy league um that includes melbourne bank um in the west um and fans can essentially make their picks every night uh for the melbourne bank west series on the my race pass app on the fantasy uh icon of the event when they come open um the it costs uh, six bucks a month or $55 a year, um, and you can cancel anytime. You have the monthly plan. You can cancel anytime you want and be done with it. Um, and essentially, you go and make your picks, and um, when you make your picks of the Melbourne Bank West series, not the East, just the West, um, then your uh, final standings will be added to the Front Stretch Fantasy League. Um, and you can go ahead and see that. Uh, to see the standings for the Front Stretch Fantasy League, uh, you can go to MyRacePass.com uh, or on the MyRacePass app, search MRP Fantasy Challenge. And then you'll click the fantasy icon and uh, on the on the uh, uh, series page or the uh, fantasy page there. And then you'll scroll and see Front Stretch Fantasy League. And that's where you'll see the standings um, for 
uh, for the league there. So really excited to have you guys uh, really push that this year. I know you guys have talked about doing some prizes this year for the fans. Um, we're going to throw some things in there as well. And I'm um, really excited to help you guys kind of get the fans involved with that to really engage that fan base. Um, my, I, I will say, I think last year, I know I won at IED Speedway. Um, I won one of the individual classes uh, over uh, for the final points. Now. I think it was a 360 uh, uh, sprint car. It was sport uh, compacts. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I won one of those, and uh, so I was. My claim to fame is I'm the final ever 360 sprint car fantasy champion at Miami Speedway. Um, my claim to be... fame is I think I beat Anthony twice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it, listen, go. it's very few things get to that guy, but I know when I mention that, it really gets to him. I can he, see that. Yeah, he I does not that. like it when I talk about how I beat right. him in fantasy. <laughs> right. But um, no, really excited for you guys to, to, to really be pushing that this year. Um, get that fan engagement going for that series. Um, that, that series is uh, big to the Midwest, um, obviously, and has grown to uh, an incredible uh, regional-based series. Um, we'll see them. I'll see them um, for sure uh, at uh, Knoxville this year in September, but also in July uh, up at uh, the Silver Dollar Nationals uh, for that weekend. So really excited for that, and it's going to be a good time to – um, and in person, don't forget too. if you happen to be at a Melbourne Bank West Series event, uh, turn your location on on the app uh, because that uh, will go ahead and give you bonus points for being in attendance. So you get five bonus points up front and then you get one bonus point for every correct pick you make at the end of the night. And that can be a difference maker uh, when it comes to the end of the night in the final standings. And we just talked about one of the nights I beat Anthony and it was because we ended up tying but he didn't have his location on Ooh, and I did. did. So I got the bonus points for being in attendance yep. and he didn't. And that's, that's the one thing we really push with, with track and series promoters too, is that our, our fantasy racing platform uh, one takes no work at all for the, the, the track scores to manage on race night. Once the lineups are created, the app, the app clicks open the, the, the picks for you to make and everything runs itself the whole night. So the promoter literally doesn't have to do a, a thing all night, but also it encourages your fans to be there at the racetrack because they get those bonus points. And it's a, it's a, a feature that another platform can offer. So once again, it is uh, $6.99 a month or uh, was it $55 a year? Yep, uh, $5.99, $5.99 a month or uh, $55 a year. That's correct. That gets you that, uh, fantasy racing, live timing and scoring, driver bios, um, historical stats and timing, and also um, historical results as well, too. I use that. That I mean, that's an easy 60 bucks spent. Uh, yeah. No-brainer for me because uh, there's times we'll be sitting here doing these interviews and I'll uh, thumb through a driver's profile and be able to pull up statistics and information and what races they raced at and all that kind of great stuff. It it helps me out a lot as a fan, but um, yeah, I'm already looking at the uh, front stretch podcast fantasy league and Taz 26 is uh, leading in our fantasy standings. Uh, Anthony is fourth. So wow. MC race team. I'm interested to see who that is. It'd be, uh, it'd be interesting there to see the rest of the way there. But um, no, the cool thing is with this is I know that Melbourne bank has already run, run a few events already this, this season. Um, that being said, um, the way fantasy works is that um, you may have missed the first one or two events of the year. Uh, however, um, fantasy racing through us only calculates your top 80% of your events. So it's going to mm. drop 20% of your bad nights. So if you miss two nights, that's okay. You can literally still go ahead and play. And if you 
get your points right, you could still be a champion of the year, even though you missed one night or two. Um, that that kind of gives you a chance to miss a night or two. Don't miss too many nights because then, of course, you're going to back up a little bit there and you're not going to be in, in contention there. But if you only missed one or two nights this year, you should still have a mathematical chance to, to be a champion overall if you play along the rest of the year. Uh, by the way, it's it's fun to kind of thumb through some of the people that have participated in the league so far. And my favorite name I've found already is Dibs on I-35 announcer. <laughs> that is their fantasy league team name. I want to know who the I-35 announcer <laughs> is. Uh, and I want to know who this person is, too. Yep. That's, uh, okay. Uh, me, Lovey the Taco is uh, another one of the names. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, we, we do have a, a filter on that the name is too inappropriate uh a la or uh, for example words or inappropriate words we do block that out but um you know we let some funny ones go um the me loving the taco is a good one uh i've seen some pretty funny ones uh, as well too yeah uh it, it, I, I think when, when you and i were talking about it, it you know and you were kind of trying to sell me on this and i thought no one's going to want to join a league for the front stretch but the great thing is you don't really have to Continue to follow the Malvern Bank series and each night they're racing, put your picks in, be at the track if you can, and yeah. you're automatically going to get those points towards the front stretch fantasy league. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, in doing so for the tracks and series too, that, that, you know, you have the ability to set your own fantasy leagues up. We always encourage the, the promoter to do this as well too, because when a promoter sets their own fantasy league up, um, they can set one up for the entire season that includes every event. They can do one for you know select events like so, so for instance, like last year we did um, all weekly racing events at ID Speedway, um, mm -hmm. and we didn't count any of the non NASCAR events. So we had a leaderboard full of the um, uh, NASCAR weekly events. So you are the weekly champion uh, at I80. But then uh, Dan, we also made that uh, Silver Dollar Nationals leaderboard where we had the just the Silver Dollar Nationals week was a leaderboard of itself. So you could be a Silver Dollar Nationals champion as well, too. And, you know, that gives your your not only your fans a chance to play along um, with uh, multiple leaderboards and, and be champions in multiple rounds, but also, too, the the track and series promoters can, can sell that title sponsorship of that leaderboard uh, for – X amount of dollars and it's hundred percent profit. I mean, tell, tell XYZ company you want to be the, the front stretch radio program um, uh, leaderboard uh, for IAD Speedway. And, you know, here's the number here's what we can do for you. You know, one, it's going to, it's going to create um, instant engagement, with the fan base, positive engagement because fans love playing fantasy racing, but now they're going to know who the, the leaderboard sponsor is. You have a chance to give away the products for prices as well, too. So it's going to be a, a home run uh, dunk for or home run hit for anybody that uh, wants to go ahead and, and um, you know, make that leaderboard a promotional item for their uh, their fans. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking our our fantasy price pack is just basically going to be a uh, a run through our um, dirt track uh, autographed hero cards and any dirt track autographed items we have. So you'll get pick of those that prize pack, those that pool of prizes that we have uh, specifically dirt dirt track side of it. And then uh, as the season goes on, we're going to continue to work to get autographed hero cards and memorabilia from uh, from various drivers. So uh, we'll nice. continue well, to kind of bolster that prize pool up. I made the joke last year. I was asked by fans like, hey, or I was asked by some some people like, you know, what should we get away for prices? And I said, well, for me, I know, I know the fans get tired of hearing me at Knoxville. So I always joke that, you know, if you win tonight, you get a free pair of headphones that are soundproof. So you don't hear Chris anymore. <laughs> and that would get a thousand players a night. I don't I need that. So it's always uh, something to do too there. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. Uh, My Race Pass. It's it's not just an app for fantasy. It's an awesome app for 
Uh, basically, it's almost every single racetrack in the country, except for Eagle Raceway. <laughs> as, as long as the racetrack is using the race management software that we provide, um, then uh, Fantasy should be open for you guys. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's go and make your picks. Uh, for uh, you guys, for anyone that's um, playing along in the Fantasy League, league uh, Fantasy League for Front Stretch, if you favorite uh, either the Melbourne Bank uh, late model series or favorite the uh, the MRP Fantasy Challenge series page on the My Race Pass app, you will get a push notification when the picks become open. So you'll know right away when to go in, make those picks, and get ready to go. That way you don't miss another racing there. And I just did that. That way I get those push notifications because I had that turned off and I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of myself, but <laughs> that's not the first time. Um, great organization you guys do down there. I love some of the things you're doing that um, I, you know, I've obviously you and I have had the rare opportunity of bending Joe Kaziski's ear and Lisa Kaziski's ear every once in a while. And yeah. Joe had been trying to figure out how to do this for a long time, but just didn't have the facility. And it kind of seems like you guys hit on a lot of the notes that he was kind of talking about where it's got to be easy for fans. It's got to be uh, convenient and there needs to be a bonus for being at the racetrack so that promoters are encouraged to promote it also. Yeah, this was a, it was a long time coming for the company. Um, I know what uh, when I was first hired, you know, that we would, I had been told like we're working on this here for long term. That's our goal. But um, this little thing by little thing had to happen and all fall in place. And that's the thing with like with you know Josh Holt, Zach, and and Ross, the company owners. Um, they they've had goals for over 12, uh, 12, 13 years from day one, and they're all coming to uh, to fruition now. Um, and right when they should be. It, it's taken some time, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been incredible to be part of that, uh, that process for those guys as well. And to know, like, you know, I, I asked my, my boss, Josh, once in a while, like, hey, you know, we got this going on now. Did you expect this? Like, yeah, I did. This is part of the plan. And we, we had it planned about a year ago. Wasn't quite there yet, but we're here now. So we're, we're running with it. So, you know, I'm excited for things they haven't told me about that we're planning for the, the, the very far future. Uh, because when those days come, um, it's going to be awesome to see it on, unfold and uh, how we can really help improve and um, make the racing world uh, more convenient for everyone to, to really stay in touch in the know um, and um, make their job easier on race night, whether you're a promoter, scorer, fan, or a driver. Uh, make sure you get your picks in this Saturday. We talked to Andrew Kaziski in turn number one about the West Series racing at Adams County Speedway. You can get more information on the My Race Pass app. You can uh, Do they have tickets for sale on uh, through, the pa- through the app uh, for Adams County Speedway? Adams County, I believe, does. Um, I can actually confirm that right now for you on that. Um, I see here. I, I know they've used this in the past. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, or, I'm clicking on it right now. I could actually buy my tickets. Perfect. Yeah, so go ahead and buy your tickets in advance. Beat the line on race day. Through my race pass on there. When you buy your tickets online through my race pass, you can use the app to show your tickets to them. Um, you can also go ahead and print them off. They'll be emailed to you as well, too. Um, so get those uh, tickets in advance, uh, purchase them there in advance. And drivers as well, too. Um, I do encourage you guys, um, with the fantasy racing being a big part of, um, of of racing in general now, it's a great way for you to grow your fan base. I'll, I'll be honest, I go to some racetracks sometimes and I want to play fantasy. I don't know any of the drivers. So nine times out of 10, if it's a class I'm not really that interested in, I might just go to the restroom or get something to eat while they're racing. Well, now I have a reason to follow along with somebody because I picked them on my team. Yeah. Um, I know I've, I've heard of drivers um, before telling fans, uh, telling announcers, hey, tell the fans uh, the, the first three people to show me they picked me on their fantasy team after the races will get a free shirt from me. 
Um, so it's a cool way to kind of see that. So all they have to do is pull their picks up, say, I picked you my team. Here you go. Here's your shirt. So um, really encourage your, your fans to pick you on their team um, and uh, also perform well for them on the racetrack, too, so they continue to pick well to <laughs> pick you on their team moving forward. Yeah, I've definitely given a couple of drivers hard times because they ruined my fantasy night. <laughs> well, and your fantasy understand too that the 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 picks, you know, um, the first night is all scattered essentially. Uh, the first night of racing, anyway, it's it's all just a random. Here's your picks, but by night two and on, it's all based off points. So, um, let's say there's uh. 12 uh, drivers, four, four picks of, or four groups of three drivers. Um, the first three um, are going to be one, two, three in points. Second three will be uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, so on. So that's where it gets kind of challenging. So if you have um, uh, week five, you're not gonna be able to pick the first guy in points, the second guy in points in your team. They're going to be in the same group together. So that's where it gets kind of um, interesting for you uh, moving along on fantasy. All right, Chris Krug, my race pass and soon to be formerly of Knoxville Raceway. Appreciate the time, bud. Anytime, guys. We'll see ya. Have a good one. All right, guys, Dirk and I will be right back in turn number three. We're going to cover the race at Charlotte, all of the penalties, the headlines, the 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 the, the crap that's happened in the last couple of days. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, bra. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Feather the brake and get back to the gas. Dan and Dirk are headed into turn three on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number three. Why not? Presented by High Noon. High Noon Sunsets. Available everywhere. High V's, Walmarts, Sam's Clubs, Casey's, uh, Eagle Raceway. I know carries them. Uh, if you haven't had a High Noon Sunsip yet, the weather has turned. It is warm. It is brutal at times. And uh, nothing uh, can cool you down better than a club, uh, soda and vodka mixed with natural flavorings. Uh, high Noon Sun Sips, they're absolutely delicious. Get one today and uh, your life will be changed. Dirk, Just ask Matt Andrews. what's that? Just ask Matt Andrews. <laughs> yeah, he actually liked them too. I really do feel like it's just every time I give somebody one of those, um, one of those high noons during the uh, winner's interviews, that it turns into that, what's that old commercial? Uh, he likes it. He really likes it. Mikey and Life Cereal. Yeah, that's it. It, 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 it I'm kind of surprised the number of guys. But but then again, I'm not because I, I was a hardcore whiskey beer drinker. 
And because of my job, I tried them and I absolutely love them. They're, they're perfect on a hot summer day. Uh, but I think we got a lot to talk about today, which is the reason why we're doing our first turn three since I think we were a, we've been a podcast. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we've done a turn three since switching to, uh, to the internet. I think so. Uh, typically I ask you, uh, if we should do the race results or the headlines first, but I, I think we really need to do the race first because of all of the stuff that happened since the race on Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Um, do you agree? Yeah, I'm good with that. I got to watch because of this was actually delayed to Monday. Uh, I actually got to watch a little bit, quite a bit of it. Uh, got home from services and I uh, got to turn on the TV and watch quite a bit of the race. Dirk, dare, dare I say this was probably one of the more entertaining Coca-Cola 600s we've seen in a while. Well, um, since I didn't have a television, um, oh. I was kind of half-assed just keeping track online and... You got the race pulled up, the stats from it, because there was a ton of lead changes. I do. I mean, uh, let's see. Racing. 31 lead changes among 13 drivers. Yeah, and that wasn't a lot of green flag pit stop cycle crap. Uh, 16 oh. cautions for a total of 83 laps. Holy but, cow. Almost a quarter of the race was under caution. Yeah, but... That's actually low compared to some of the races where we're at 40 to 50%. So, yeah. You know, Bristol dirt and stuff like that. But uh, no, there was uh, most of the passing and stuff was literally done on the track. And they almost every caution came for tires. You know, a couple guys got a little bit off on the pit sequences and stuff. But uh, I think I heard over the broadcast they had 15 sets of tires. Oh, they gave them a whole bunch of tires. Uh, they gave them extra sets, and then they didn't have any practice or anything. So, yeah, and and I think the thing that I took away from it the most was that unlike a typical uh, speedway like this mile and a half racetrack, the leader wasn't able to run away and and be completely gone. I think it's kind of funny that last weekend we were at North Wilkesboro and the driver won by what was it four seconds, five seconds, something like that. Well, yeah, but he'd been ahead by 15 at yeah. a couple yeah. different times. Which I well, uh, remind me to come back to that because I saw a really funny uh, graphic on that. The other day, there were uh, the leader was getting out by three seconds pretty much was about where. But see, that's when it, it, when he'd get that far out, the second place car has got clean air. Yeah. So that's when they would run the same speed as the leader. He could only get that far out. He couldn't get any further out. Yeah. But up to that point, the second place car is still catching some dirty air and some wake. So, you know, the aero stuff that, you know, they'd hope would be better um, and wasn't, <laughs> uh, you know, would, would affect the car so much. And you, you saw that um, on a lot of restarts. You know, I, I think we had a good amount of restarts. It's such a fine line to toe and, and you can't say that, uh, you know, we need to have 10 restarts and then it's a good race or 12 restarts or 14 is too many. It's such a moving line, but there's kind of a feel to it that it felt like there was kind of the perfect amount of restarts that you'd see some green flag runs. You'd see some guys figure out long run speed or short run speed and what they needed to do to their car. And, and then, then we'd have another caution and they'd bunch all back up again. And we'd have a, a rundown pit road and William Byron's team, his crew members would just do a phenomenal job on pit road and get him out in the lead. 
Uh, and there also seemed to be about four or five drivers that were real contenders to win this race. Yeah, I mean, for a for a race that had no practice, mm-hmm. no qualifying, um, your cream, for the most part, started up front. You know, William Byron was up front. Uh, Blaney, I think, started eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Busch was fifth. Yep. Again, another top ten car. I mean, those guys were were in the top ten. Uh, Denny Hamlin had a fast car until his incident with Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliott started 21st or 2nd, I think. The you know, missed so many weeks when they go off the point sheet. The sheet's know. got him starting 6th. Elliott? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember him starting 6th, but I guess if he did, he did. You well, know, the- I just... And the it used to be the rule book used to set the starting lineup when the when the qualifying was um, was rained out it would set by the points. Right. Now there's a um, what do they call it some sort of matrix. It's Netflix. a yeah yeah. So it I think it it's it weighs heavily on recent races. Well, I still think for some reason I'm still thinking he was starting like 21st or 22nd because one of the questions in the uh, um. Oh, the uh, Super Six and the Fantasy was him and Kyle Busch. Um, who would finish ahead of the other one, and by how many positions? And so I just remembered thinking, well, hell, he starts fifteen spots ahead of him. You know, uh, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm thinking about one of the other guys that I looked at back there. But I was, I was thinking he started back. But um, I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read. So I'm trying to read through Jay Ski's article from the 2021 qualifying procedures. Uh, they use a performance metric to determine the starting lineup, including including the Bush Pull Award in NASCAR Xfinity Series and Cometic Gastic Pull Award in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series. Yada yada yada. Yeah, I mean, well, it's got to do with like your previous three finishes and, you know, some other stuff in there. Uh, there's like four things, I think. Points positions will be weighed at 35%. Finishing positions will be rated, weighed at 50%. And fastest race lap at 15%. So there's three things they rated at. Yeah. But it's not just one race. Right. So they go back several. I don't remember if it's three or five or what. But it doesn't say the number. I can't find the number if it if it does. Uh, for the first three of it, no. Anyways, um, so I, I felt like it was actually a pretty good race. I, I harped on it a lot, quite a bit, uh, leading up to it, and I have for years. I I think it's a terrible race, but uh, it actually turned out to be a pretty good race on Monday. Well, I mean, this is the race where a few years ago, Martin Truex led 392 or 93 out of the 400 laps. Yeah. You know, he just destroyed the field. Um, you know how I feel about the, the race because they throw an extra stage on it. I don't like yeah. that. I'm with you on that. I, I don't think this race should be weighed any more than any other race. Right. It, it there, should there's... be worth 60 points, yep. just like the others are worth. You know, if you sweep the race. 
he got 60 points and seven playoff points. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Ryan Blaney ends up getting the win. Uh, he actually ended up helping his team owner, Roger Penske, mark off a new first for him. Roger Penske became the first uh, team mm-hmm. owner to win the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 on the same weekend. After, yeah. I think they said Roger had won, is he won 15 Indy 500s? That's probably about right. And I, I want to say like five or six uh, Coca-Cola 600s, but he's never been able to put them together on the same weekend. So kind of a cool little deal there. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the guy's got plenty of cool little deals in his, in his cap. Let's the, put it that way. The fact that we're st- he's still able to find cool little deals just is kind of a, 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 uh insane to me kind of incredible because the guys won everything he's done everything but there's still little bits i guess that i can't say everything because there's still little bits that he still has yet to accomplish but you know and uh you know maybe one of these days he'll have the same driver win them both yeah uh ryan blaney obviously emotional in victory lane you could tell that the pressure of not winning what was it some 80 some races since his last win 59 59 uh it's his eighth career win, and you could tell the pressure of not winning had started to get to him a little bit and wondering if he had deserved that ride, and uh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, William Byron was a, a, was was probably, uh, as the race developed, seemed like the driver that was going to win the race. I think if there had been a late race caution with 10 or 15, maybe 20 to go, that that his crew, crew would have been able to, his pit crew would have been able to get him out in front of the rest of the field and he would have won that race but Blaney did it uh he actually started walking away with William from William Byron late in that race and kind of solidifying the win uh Martin Truex Jr. uh finished third Bubba Wallace fourth and Tyler Reddick fifth Kyle Busch after an early race spin and driving backwards on the apron for a while to find flat area to be able to flip the car around and go to his uh to the attention of his pit crew ended up finishing sixth Ricky Stenhouse Jr. continues to put together a solid season with a seventh place finish, Chris Busher eighth, Austin Dillon ninth, and Zane Smith a uh, top ten finish. Bad days for uh, Jimmy Johnson. A lot was talked about during the broadcast. Uh, he looped it all on his own, and he just said that I that is the most unprepared I'd ever been for a race. He was fully expecting to get a little more time on the racetrack, but due to weather, uh, with practice and qualifying getting rained out, uh, he was he just had to go out there and race this brand new car at this racetrack. Uh, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott will talk about their issues. Uh, they finished 35th and 34th respectively. Kyle Larson finished 30th after being involved in an accident. I think he, he looped around all on his own. Who's that? Uh, Kyle Larson. Um, I don't know. I didn't get to see the race. So no, he, he had contact with somebody. I don't remember who it was now. Cause I saw the memes of uh, oh Kyle Larson wrecked and it wasn't Ross Chastain's fault. <laughs> um, and that's about it. I mean, uh, Joey. Uh, speaking of Ross Chastain, twenty second, Joey Logano twenty first, Brad Keselowski nineteenth. Brad was kind of up there a little bit. Eighth in stage one, third in stage two. Um, but uh, all in all, I think it was kind of a good day. We saw some good uh, comers and goers. Uh, well, yeah, Bubba Wallace made a big drive after the last restart on the first lap of the restart. He passed because they were, uh, I saw some stat today. He passed 11 cars in one lap. 
Wow. And then passed like another seven to get into the, his fourth place finish. Good land. Good job on him. Another article I read that was going to be interesting, um, but, well, I didn't read it. I should say I saw it, but didn't get a chance to read it yet. I need to go back and find it. They were comparing Ryan Blaney's first 284 starts with Kevin Harvick's first 284 starts. Mm-hmm. And it said something about Blaney racing in 2016. And it just kind of popped into my head. Damn, he's been racing for, you know, seven or eight years already. It just yeah. seems like two years ago was his first season for some reason. Yeah. And he, uh, cause he kind of had a nice steady rise to, to fame where he, he took that 21 team and really kind of uh, propelled them to new levels. And then uh, he was uh, stolen away by Roger Penske to, to take over the 12 car. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. Uh, I want to talk about Bubba Wallace. Uh, another issue with him at a racetrack, him and uh, Eric Amarola, of all people. I, I I honestly can't remember at any time I've ever seen Eric Amarola really upset, but uh, he went over and talked to Bubba Wallace during one of the rain delays, and they got into a little bit of a scuffle. And uh, apparently, according to Eric, that they had raced for several laps, and then Bubba decided to flip him off, and he just went during the rain delay, went down there and asked him what was going on, and Bubba just with a cursed written uh cursed latent uh reply back to him uh eric's like i'm not gonna take that and just kind of pushed him and i just again it i, I think bubba is a talented driver he's just he i i i don't understand his actions sometimes yeah well i again this was something i saw the video on just earlier today actually mm-hmm. and uh, um he shoved him pretty good yeah and Wallace just kind of took it. He didn't try and retaliate or anything. There was a uh, one of the NASCAR security people was right there and got in between them. And Tony Stewart said, "If uh, if Eric just did that, he's really upset about something. You yeah. know, he got under his skin pretty good." Um, but again, I have no idea what he said. And then I saw the interview where they were talking to Wallace, and he somebody asked him about it. And he had said he had nothing to say. He said something about if uh, if a driver's two faced, you're going to get that or something, and walked away. Hmm. So I don't know if he was talking about himself being two faced or if he's talking about <laughs> Al Uh I thought it was really. I don't. What the heck did I watch that on? But I think the security guard that that kind of that was standing there and kind of broke up that little scuffle was the same one that broke up the the Ross Chastain and, and Noah Gregson scuffle. Yeah, well, that's what Clint Boyer was saying. Was that it's Clint? the same guy. It's the same guy. <laughs> Bubba Wallace involved in another incident, but, uh, you know, it was a minor one. I kind of got a little bit of humor out of it that Fox didn't catch it. It was a fan from the grandstands that tweeted it, and Fox used their footage to talk about it during the rain delay. So I just kind of thought, well, how appropriate. Fox missed the action again. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I, when I was looking at that, I was going, well, that don't look like a TV thing. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize it, it was a fan's deal, but that makes sense to me from what I saw. Yeah. Because I just knew it wasn't, you know, a TV camera deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a ton of people on a couple of the NASCAR sites today, especially after the big penalty came out for the 14, were all over the Bubba Wallace thing, you know. Last week with the flipping somebody off, and you know, the push and match with uh, Eric Almarola, 
you know, when Bubba pushed Larson, Bubba got in trouble, Eric got nothing, and on and on and on. And I said Bubba got in trouble, you know, or I wanted to say Bubba got in trouble for the on-track incident. Yeah. The push and just didn't help anything. But he yeah. got set down the race for the hook on the right, just as Chase uh, Elliott's getting, being set down for a race. And so. NASCAR was very clear about that when they penalized Bubba Wallace, that he was being penalized yeah. for his on-track issues, not for the push. NASCAR right. still has a boys have at it uh, strategy and, and mentality uh, as long as things don't get out of hand and, and you know, th- they may have to step in then, but uh, yeah, it, it uh, it's, it's a, a little bit of a different situation, but um, all right, let, let's talk about the chase Elliott and Denny Hamlet situation. Obviously there is quite a bit of history between these two that goes back years. Uh, these, Denny has, 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 uh, has, has, put chase down several times, uh, ran him hard. And, um, I was very surprised to see chase do that. And, and that's, it's one of the few situations that I, I hate to bring it up again. Cause it, it just really kind of, it's, it's a bad image on, on our, on, on Carl, but I go back to Talladega, uh, with him and, and Brad Kozlowski. And there's that, uh, down the straightaway look, at, at Carl Edwards, and you can see his white gloves turn towards Keselowski's car. Yeah, Very that deliberate. Be, that you're you got two things mixed up there. Not a when surprise. Carl Edwards uh, flipped Keselowski. That was at Atlanta. Oh, okay. It was retaliation but, from Carl Edwards blocking Brad at Talladega, and when Carl got into the fence. Okay. But so, you, but it, it's one of those situations that it you could very clearly tell that Chase did that on purpose which the result of what happened is one of the reasons why drivers and and team owners uh don't do that is because chase needs all the points he can get right now to get to to stay up in the top 25 or the top 30 and to qualify for the playoffs and continue to build momentum in the postseason um but that is the prime example of why you don't wreck somebody is because all of a sudden your retaliation ruined your day. Yep. You know, and um, I, again, it's something I haven't seen yet, so I don't exactly know what happens. So I'm not going to pass judgment. I mean, I understand what happened. He hooked him in the, in the right rear and nosed him into the wall at a very fast part of the racetrack. Yeah. You know, it's a very dangerous deal. Yeah, right. you, you take safety into account there, and and obviously, you know, thanks to all safety de- innovations and the the uh, the safer barriers and and all the equipment on the cars kept Denny. But boy, Fox did a did a a pretty uh, deliberate job of showing how hard that wreck was for Denny Hamlin. I I literally thought his helmet hit the steering wheel with how far forward his head went, even with his Hans device on. Uh, I was very surprised how far forward his head went. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't seen the video, so I can't yeah. comment. Theoretically, it should not have hit the steering. No, and and I don't think it did, but it just looked like how violent it was. It it it, it seemed to me like it got close, but I'm I know it didn't. But it it just it was a very violent wreck, and I, I was uh, the next thing I was very interested in was later on when Denny was sitting in his trailer, he pulled up the telemetry for the nine car, and tweeted out an image of his steering wheel position 
for the last couple of laps, you know, it's kind of this nice little wavy graph. And then all of a sudden it spikes to the left. And, and, and I'm, I'm surprised that Denny Hamlin can get a hold of other teams telemetry. I'm not surprised that he has telemetry available for his car and his team. I was a little surprised that he's got it for other cars, but uh, if I guess if Fox can get it and NBC can get it, NASCAR is giving it out to everybody. And he well, used it to, to plead his case of this is deliberate. You could see plain and simple that he turned to the left and he wrecked me. Well, and he probably, he was probably able to get that access as a team owner. I doubt he gets that access as a driver. Well, I mean, he gets it. They've been getting it for years with, well, I mean, he can, again, he can. I think the team owners get it. I don't think the drivers well, do. But now well, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't the team owners share it with their drivers? Well, they might. Like I said, that's, yeah. you know, I don't know what, if there's any stipulations from NASCAR against doing that or anything else, but I know damn well that he's a team owner, so yeah. he can definitely get the information that way. Yeah, I'm just surprised that Hendrick Motorsports or, or, you know, any one of the teams isn't saying to NASCAR, hey, uh, I, I, we don't like our telemetry being shared with other teams. I'm I'm kind of surprised by that. That feels like something that they would want to kind of hide a little bit so that Denny can't see what, you know, gas pressure the, the nine car was using or the, or, or even farther down the 12 car was using, you know, they can go back and read that telemetry and maybe kind of piece some things together for for the next race. It it feels kind of like insider information that the teams wouldn't want NASCAR to share out with all the other teams. Yeah. But again, you don't know, um, there's a lot of stuff I know they can get real time, like RPM and stuff like that, but stuff like steering wheel position and stuff, maybe that's got a a 30 minute delay on when they can access it or something. I don't know, you know, but Uh, either way, uh, Chase Elliott, uh, very, in my opinion, very much in the wrong. I'm, I, and I'm, I I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm very surprised at the way he reacted with that. I, I, I felt like that was very out of character for him. Um, and, you know, he, he said on the radio after he did it, he goes, he, uh, what did he say? Uh, I can't remember the word he used, but he, he did it a couple of times. He said something to the effect of, oh, he, uh, no, I can't remember. It's not like he ran us over, uh, uh, for the last four laps and I just had enough, hmm. but, uh, when they should go back and show four laps, it looked like they got, you know, somebody said it looked like they got together coming out of four. Mm-hmm. But again, I haven't seen the tape, so I, I yep. don't know exactly what happened. Uh, so Chase Elliott has been sat down. He, he won't be racing this weekend. Um, looks like Corey LaJoy is going to be filling in for him in the nine car. And uh, Chase is going to get a weekend to kind of reflect on, on what happened and hopefully come back stronger and, and better after this. And Hendrick super sub Josh Berry is in an Xfinity race in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All of a sudden, they- Eric Amarola uh, excuse me, not Eric Amarola, uh, William Byron, not William Byron, uh, third time's the charm. Um, Alex Bowman uh, hopped back in the 48 car. Yep, and Just had a solid run. He did, uh, ended up finishing uh, 12th, so good for him. Uh, all right, then we've got uh, the 14 car. So the 14 was one of two cars that went back to the NASCAR R&D Center after the race was over with the, and we've talked about this several times that, you know, post-race inspection for the 12 car is fine. Uh, 
sometimes it's two cars. Sometimes it's five cars. Sometimes it's no cars. We'll go back to the R and D center or we'll go to the wind tunnel testing, but NASCAR basically just takes these cars back. They break them down bolt by bolt and uh, find out all the parts and pieces to these cars. And they ended up finding a, uh, a piece. It was a part. I'm trying to find it again. Um, the exact wording behind it, but uh, it was a single source vendor supplied part that was counterfeited by Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing is accused of using illegal parts in the attempt to create more downforce in Briscoe's car. Um, Elliot Sawyer, who is NASCAR's senior vice president, uh, or excuse me, Elton Sawyer, NASCAR senior vice president of competition, says, I'm a little surprised that they'd go down this path. Speaking of Stuart Haas Racing's cheating, with them knowing the severity of the penalty, talking with the team, they've got some processes and procedures within the race shop that they're going to uh, button up. So it, it, he didn't really say much about it, but just from that paragraph, it kind of seems like, uh, I don't even want to say an Xfinity Series part got put on the car or somebody within the organization took it upon themselves to build this piece uh, a different way than NASCAR has released to the teams. Well, again, they don't get to build the piece. Right. That's what they did. That's why it's a counterfeit piece. It's not an altered piece. Or a modified piece. Modified is what we've talked We've We've heard quite a bit. Illegally well, modified, modified single source piece. Yeah, whatever. They both mean the same thing. You alter mm-hmm. it, you change it, you modify it. But it was a completely different piece. It was not the single source piece to even start with. But it's one of the vents that you see like in the back window that draws air. This particular vent was meant to draw air out of the inside of the car. Well, they shrunk it. They made it a smaller one. And that closes the opening on the window, which gives them downforce. Mm -hmm. You know, I read that whole part, so I know exactly what that deal is. But... Um, SHR statement was that part was never meant to go to the racetrack. Somebody made a mistake and we're not going to appeal it. It was our fault. Why are you even building that part? Well, they might've just had it in another window and had done some wind tunnel testing to see what exactly you know, they could find with something like this. And then somebody put the window in the car. You know, I can't say exactly what happened, but they're saying it wasn't supposed to go to the track, you know, and it's their fault. And the Mm -hmm. reason they're saying that is because they know if they appeal it, it's all or nothing. And they know they're not going to get all of it back. Now, would they maybe have got a little bit of reduction? Who knows? But, but if they, if, if the car, if they feel like NASCAR has, penalize them illegally or uh, not according to the rule book, they'd, they'd absolutely penalize it. If they felt like they were innocent, they'd, they'd absolutely appeal it. Even if they, if they, if NASCAR hadn't changed the rules, I guarantee you this would be appealed. Absolutely. I, I a hundred percent agree they with you. Would on appeal that. It, they would appeal it and hope that maybe they drop the 120 points to a hundred. Yeah. You know, whatever, maybe they drop the six races for the crew chief to four or to three, whatever, you know, but now that the whole penalty has to be thrown out, they ain't even bothering to appeal it. Yeah. 
I, well, they, yeah, I, I think I agree with you co- completely that in the past, yes, you would appeal it as, as a halt. You know, I mean, remember as a kid when you got in trouble with your parents and you knew you were in the wrong, but, you know, let's give it a shot and try to argue. Maybe I'll get grounded a little bit less. And oh, yeah. now it's, well, that's not going to be an option. So either you know you're innocent and you want to appeal it, don't waste our time anymore. We're not going to be dicking around with this, excuse the terms, we're not going to be messing around with this. Uh, you're going to appeal it. We're going to go through the process and maybe you're going to get a reduction of the penalty. Now, the rule book's the rule book. The penalty is the penalty. If you're guilty, you pay the penalty. Yeah, you know, and and that's just what, you know, uh, SHR, whether it was, you know, Tony's decision or if he's got somebody else that handles that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. just... And that, um, and that is a huge penalty, by the way. Uh, what did it end yeah. up being? 120 po- driver and owner points, 25 playoff points, and a $250,000 fine, plus the crew chief was suspended for the next six Cup Series points-paying events. Well, it took him from being four points out of 16th place to being, I don't 30, remember, well, 31st. He's going to be 124 points out, but now he's 31st. Yeah, he went from 17th to 31st. That oh. and uh, that is that's a tough penalty. And by the way, it uh, moves Chase Elliott back up into uh, uh, well, it, it keeps Chase Elliott's uh, hopes of staying in the top 30 alive. And what there's 12, 12 races left in the regular season. Uh, yes, I think so. I find it hard to believe that Chase Elliott's not going to make the top 30. Um, but again, he. he he doesn't have a win yet, so he's not locked into the playoffs. So either well, he's got to get a win and be in the top 30, speaking about Chase Elliott, yeah, uh, or he's got to be in the top 16, realistically, maybe even the top 12 in points if he's hoping to point his way in. Well, he's got to be in the top 16. Yeah. Unless, I mean, that's where it always gets a little bit hazy because if, if, like last year, we had a bunch of uh, winners. I think we had 13 or 14 different winners. Uh, by the time the playoffs started, I was going to say I thought it was fifteen. I thought only one person pointed in. Yeah, that might have been it. So you got to be that one person that that points well, their way in. Still, so it's still the top sixteen in points. You don't have to be the point leader. Yeah, you know, you just got to be in the top sixteen because more than likely those guys winning races are going to be in front. You know, there is a chance that somebody can win a race and still be 18th in points, but they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And there's a chance that somebody could not win a race and be fifth in the points slim, right. but there's a chance. So chase has, has got a little bit of work in front of him. I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. He picks up at least one win this year with the well, 12 races that Briscoe, are left. Briscoe is in the, I have to win. Yes. At 31st place in points. He's not going to get in the top 16, you know, unless some really weird stuff happens. Yeah. So, He's going to, uh, he needs to win. Uh, and he's won before. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's pretty good on the road courses. Um, and so is Chase Elliott. Um, so you might see some interesting stuff happen to those two guys in uh, some future road course races. But the part that got me, and I, we a little bit talked about it on Facebook and the chat, that um, this will be a second waiver mm-hmm. that they're going to give. Chase Elliott, you know, and why they're bothering and playing this game. Well, now he's got to ask for this waiver. You know, you're going to give it to him. You're not going to take your most popular driver and not let him get in the playoffs because of this little technicality. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even it, though it would send a hell of a message if they did. Boy, I think it would send too much of a message. When you were mentioning that, I, I for some reason, I thought of uh, SMU and them receiving the death penalty from the NCAA. How it just it absolutely killed that college when they were not allowed to play college football for two years after being caught cheating, I think for a second time. Um, it absolutely killed that organization, they, that operation. They they had lost they lost all their boosters, they lost all their major players, they 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 have not been anything close to what they were. Uh, it, it's a it's quite a bit of a different situation, but that's just what I thought of. Of if if you restrict Chase Elliott from not being able to get into the playoffs, uh, that's the death penalty, and that that would be a huge financial hit to one of your major teams in the sport. You know, but like I said, it would send a message. It absolutely would send a message. Yeah. You know, and that's why I said, why suspend him for a race if you're going to give him the waiver? That one race in all practicality is going to mean nothing to him. Mm. It'd have been a lot different deal if they'd have put a half million dollar fine on the deal. Yeah. That to me would have meant more, even though it's Hendrick's organization and it's pretty much an, you know, a bottomless pit on the money side of things, you know, to me, that still would have been a bigger hurt than uh, sitting out a race. Yeah. Now, now it, but at least they're being consistent with, they suspended Bubba for a race. They gave him a waiver. They've suspended Chase a race. We assume they're going to give him a waiver. I would be shocked and dumbfounded if they don't. Yeah. But, you know, why do they say he has to act for it? Just give it to him. Either yeah. give it to him or don't. You know, it's a why? part of the procedure. He just has to apply for it and he's going to get approved. Well, but I'm just saying they don't need that procedure. No. <laughs> you know, hey, you're, you're our most popular driver. We're not going to leave you out of the playoffs. Get back in the car and go race. It's like you're, yeah. you're, uh, the wife when you're, she's mad at you. You have to ask to come to back to bed, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, not when I know. <laughs> I, yeah, how the hell I know either. I, Sarah never gets mad at me. That never happens. Well, All right. We got like less. I'm... We got a minute left. All right. Well, let's finish it up. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure you uh, check out this weekend's race. We're heading back to the road course. Il- uh, enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter the uh, at Worldwide Technology Raceway Park on Sunday. Race is at 2.30 Central Time. Get your picks in on time. And don't forget to get your picks in on time for the My Race Pass Fantasy League presented by the Front Stretch. Prizes to be uh, announced shortly. That is uh, going to get uh, continue this Saturday at Adams County Speedway for the Malvern Bank Super Late Model West Series. Get your and picks in on time for the race. Road course, it's not. Uh, Worldwide it's Technology road Raceway Park's not. No, it's a, it's oh. Gateway. It's a mile and a quarter oval. Oh, my mistake. All right then, we'll get your picks in on time for the oval race this Sunday, <laughs> and then uh, also at Adams County Speedway for Dirk Houston. I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Karting. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube. 